We need to put that close to your face because you mumble. Shut the fuck up. That's not mumbling. Good job. I hate you. That's okay. Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Brotherhood Without Manners, your favorite full spoiler reread podcast of George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire series, reading A Clash of Kings. As always, I'm Zach. Sitting here next to me is my older brother, Nate. That's me, the older, the I, eldest. Uh, I put emphasis on that because lately people have been saying that uh, I rib on Nate. You're a bully. You're I'm a big bully. A, I'm a bully older brother to Nate, <laughs> and let me make it clear that every ounce of scorn that pours from my very pores for this character here next to me is well-deserved through a lifetime of documented <laughs> bullshittery. Documented? Where's these documents? I don't see any evidence. We'll go get my diaries. He's <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we are two brothers, clearly, who like to read uh, A Song of Ice and Fire and talk about it. And so uh, if this is your first time listening, we are full spoiler. We'll ruin everything. All of it. The whole book series. Everybody dies in the Battle of Blackwater except Davos, who clings to a rock and makes friends with seagulls. I mean, no one really important dies in Blackwater. Uh, I guess. I that's mean, true, uh, like but... Mathis and Davos' children. Yeah, Davos' but... children. Like, that's oh, rude. you for you didn't even fucking remember until <laughs> I brought them up. But well, uh, if if you've listened before, welcome back. Thanks for coming back. That's cool. What up? Hey. And so, if you joined us last episode, we, we... were reading Tyrion five. Yeah, and Tyrion's he's been exposed. <laughs> uh oh. Uh, which was his intention. He was well. He did a lot of shit. He didn't just confront Cersei. He, where did he start? Fuck. He was down. Uh, oh yeah, the, with the the pyromancer. He was checking out the wildfire and getting some getting some info there, learning how they'll be used essentially, and learning that essentially they could have ten thousand pots. So. Yeah. Then he intercepted Sir Cleos Frey at the Gate of the Gods, I believe it yep. was, by, summoned there by Jacelyn Bywater, his new Lord Commander of the City Guard. Yeah, he read Rob's terms and figured they wouldn't do, and got Cleos all rested up and everything. Uh, went back to his solar, and Cersei was there. She was pissed that he had ignored her, her yeah. summons, and then he was ghosting the fuck out of her. And she was pissed also that he was giving Marcella to offered Marcella to the Dornish, and so Pycelle was revealed as a little worm that he that is. That old bitch. But Tyrion and Cersei hashed it out, and Cer- Cersei began crying because she doesn't want her daughter being shipped away, and Tyrion Boo-hoo. tries to console her, but. It doesn't end so well. He reveals the letter from Rob, which completely alters her focus away from Marcella, which means good news for him. Yay. But this week, this episode... Get wrecked. Dang it. I did a Zach. We are reading Brand 3, the third point of view chapter in Clash of Kings from Lord Brandon Stark. That's what 3 means. Yep. Oh, Okay. So, we open this chapter. Well, how about we start with where Bran was last chapter? I mean, if you really want. Since we've done it every single episode before this. Show a little consistency. Exactly. Go ahead. What happened in Bran's last chapter? Shit. Uh, Let's see. That's... 
Well, there was some Freys there, and there were some Starks there, and uh, I don't remember. The Freys were bullying Bran and Hodor, and Lewin put a fucking stop to that shit. Oh, yeah, I remember And that. Bran had to play the Lord as people were arriving for the Harvest Festival, and I was pretty harsh on Lewin and oh, Roderick yeah, yeah. for not and supporting Lady Hornwood, Lady Hornwood yeah. the way they should have, and Bran really hated it, and... <laughs> wasn't having it and was having a lot of these wolf dreams. That's... Right. Is that where he saw Osha in the... That's the where, yeah, that's where he saw naked Osha and then oh, he also had the dream and sort of recollection because we met Sir, uh, Sir Cole, was it? Or Sir Clay? Sir Clayton? Who the fuck was it? His buddy that, uh, revealed to oh, him right, right, right. that yeah. Stannis is now in the running. I mean, for... I have my notes right Yeah, here yeah, no, available. I just can't remember that guy's name, um... But it was, yeah, the, somebody who was there for the Harvest Festival. I got it here. Uh, Clay, Clay Serwin. Clay, Clay, yeah. You were right, yeah. so Clay, Clay So, yeah, said, uh, but, reveals that Stannis is now declaring himself a king, and then Bran kind of remembers that, oh, shit, Jamie, Jamie Lannister threw me off a fucking balcony, and he Whoopsie. dreams about it. And so this uh, chapter picks up fairly shortly after the last point of view from him, where he is... On top of Dancer, his horse, and they are well-dressed, both himself and the horse, preparing to ride down the center of the Great Hall for the main feast for the Harvest Festival. Yeah, Bran wanted Summer with him, but Roderick wasn't having that. And so he he does. He, he heads in as the doors open. He rides between the long... Don't fucking smirk at me. <laughs> he rides be- <clears throat> rides between the long trestle tables in the Great Hall of Winterfell, and men had crowded all of the benches, and they began to rode past, calling out Stark in Winterfell. Stark! 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 Bran knew it wasn't for him that they cheered. It was for the harvest. It was for Rob and his victories. It was his lord father and his grandfather and all the Stark kings before him. But still, he swelled with pride. Until he reaches the dais where Osha yeah. and Hodor are waiting, and, and he gets picked up. Gets and, unstrapped from it. And, and he makes a note that while most of the Winterfell lords have seen it before, there's a lot of new people here, and they aren't hiding their curious stares. But he's kind of over it. He's kind of over the staring. Yeah, whatever. And so, yeah, Osha and Hodor undo the straps and carried him to the high seat of his father's. Yeah, so up there he's sitting to, I have it written down... Was I would it? hope so. The the left was Roderick and yeah. his daughter Bethany. Bethany, little, little Beth, and to his right was Rickon. Immediately beside Rickon, actually, we learn kind of subtly. It's hard to pick up and took me forever. Are the phrase yeah. they're actually right there next Big to Rickon. Big and little Walter. Uh, fun note I thought was that Rickon's hair had That's... gotten very long. He had refused to let anyone cut it since mother had left. The last girl who tried had gotten bitten. For her efforts. So can I mention, Shaggy, he's got the shaggy hair. I was going to say, can I just say yeah. it's very fun that Shaggy Dog's owner has the shaggy and he hair. he bites the girl yeah. who tries to cut his hair. Now, yeah. do you think it's, do you think that similar, and we'll see it here, that Bran is going to slip into these waking green dreams where he's warging over, like, do you think Rickon does that? And if so, do you think when she was coming at him with these scissors I'll, to cut his hair, if he didn't slip into this and Shaggy Dog took over for a second? I'll have a lot more to say about Rickon when Jojen meets the wolves. Yeah. Because he has a comment yeah. to make about Shaggy Dog, so I'll hold off on, on that until then. But, uh, yeah, Rickon is to his right, and 
Uh, Roger calls for quiet, and Bran rows his voice. So uh, before he actually speaks, I really thought it was fun and interesting, and I got a lot to say about this little bit, that Rickon was complaining. He was like, I wanted oh, to ride too. Yeah. Like, And he tells Bran, I'm a better rider than you, you are. You are not. Now hush. So... Do you think he is? I think he could be. I think he I think he might be. Because knowing that like Well, I he, mean, Bran's at a disadvantage. No, so, so I don't even mean now. Like, well, no, I feel no, that's like, what I mean is like I think, you know, Arya's kind of the swordsman as well as John. Like they're they're kind of skilled with the weaponry, and Rob's a good leader and commander, as is Sansa. Is seems to have these right. sort of. I feel like I feel Rickon, like Rickon could have been good on a horse, and and right. almost Tothraki in his well, very Lyanna. Yeah, like, takes off. And after so that you know, I think that. that I I think that could be a valid claim, and but I think that it's a very like Bran knows it's it a to very be true elder brother. Yeah, no, I'm gonna shut it no, down right away. You're not. And we're never gonna put you on a. <laughs> <laughs> to get the pr- chance to prove it, but yeah, Rick, anyway. uh, Roderick calls for quiet, and Bran rises, raises his voice, welcoming them all in the name of his brother, the King in the North. And he finishes with a huge toast, ra- raising yeah. his goblet, and everybody toasts back. And Bran's wine was stronger than he was used to. One sip, and his head was swimming. That made that tripped me out for a minute, like. For a second, I was like, yo, did someone put something in his fucking wine? I just think it's more Holy because they usually, would, as children, have watered down stuff. He's the fucking Lord of Winterfell. Yeah, this is yeah. the Harvest I Feast. Think, I yeah, think they're no, like, you yeah. know, I think Bran's okay to have real wine this time. But Roderick says that he would have, he'd make Lord Eddard proud, and Lewin nods yeah. his agreement over there. Bob's his head over there. And like, I, I'm listening and I see that. Yeah. And the food that they get is fucking intense just almost a page and a half of description of this food this bounty this banquet yeah it just is this supposed to contrast is this meant to make us think that the north is in better standing than the lannisters with king's landing and how starved they all are it's almost a direct contrast of how well they're eating because we get the same uh in our next chapter with catelyn as well she goes and meets with renly they have a fucking bounty where it's it's straight up stated cat notes. Clearly, Highgarden hasn't been touched by this war because they're feasting and yada, yada, yada. Winterfell is almost the exact same. No one's really right. talking about it because no one's really aware how starved other people are. So I just I think this is meant to almost this is Martin's way of saying like tricking us and saying like, nah, the North has got this. Like we're good. We're good. But at the same time, look, cause yeah, look at Ar- where Arya is seeing her in the Riverlands. Yeah. Like they're well, eating dirt and bugs. That's it. Everything is it's devastated. Burned and, so like, there's no crops. We should, you know, I think it, it's natural that we would equate a bounty of food with a richer lifestyle, people who are in better standing. So I think this is Martin's way of saying, or, or Luring us into a false sense of security, where Winterfell is a safe place. Like, yeah, yeah, they've got food. They're good. Bran is safe. He's he's stressed. He's worried, but he's isolated. He's away from the events that are occurring. Nothing yeah. could ever happen at Winterfell till Theon comes and, around. Until well, fucking I mean, yeah, everything just... that's about to happen here soon. Yeah. And so only Hodor seems to be listening to the singers as he's bobbing and Hodor. Yeah, the singers, uh, I thought it was funny that, because, like, the, the musicians Matt are Trader, kind of. Matt Trader, Well, I was looking for that, but no. These ones were actually brought by Lord Too Fat to Sit a Horse, uh-huh. Manderly, and they just get drowned out because there's so much talking and just fucking partying going Which I down. think is also a funny thing because, like, 
at all the parties and everything, Sansa notes the singers in the South, the the harps. The, yeah, yeah. And like you can hear them. Where in the North, it's more ravenous. It's more you know noisy. It's a bunch of drunkards. Yeah, you know, yeah. Singing and swearing. Almost and, something you'd expect up at the, from the wild. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, Bran, it's noted, had not wanted the phrase at the high table. But Lewin reminded him that they would soon be kin, as Rob is to marry one, and as is Arya. Well, so the the transition there was because Rickon was happily screaming down at them. So yeah, yeah, we, yeah. just as a reminder that Rickon gets along with these kids because yeah. he's a wild little kid that just goes crazy. But yeah, he, um, he. So is there something to that? Do you think with Rickon the fact that Rickon seems to not mind like these phrases because we know sort of what the phrase seemed to symbolize here in Winterfell. They're kind of foreboding of their father's betrayal. I... So is there something in it? Like, I'm just meaning it's like there's something in this sort of savagery of the phrase. Well, that's, that's that what it's... clawing the, and it's scratching literally that to savagery get is the word yourself up the ladder to, like, get to a, an esteemed place in that family. Is that what appeals to Rickon? The, 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 the fucking game that they play, knocking each other into the water. Is it just the, the hitting and knocking I each think other it, into the for water? for Rickon, yes. It's not the politics. No. It's the actual act of hitting someone. He's just... he's uh, And that's I, something I was pointing to earlier with him the way that he's a better rider. I think that when Rickon goes away with Osha, when he comes back, he's not going to be the TV show fucking Rickon. Oh, see this useless no. lump. He's going to be a badass. Like, I, like, he's going to be able to fight. At the head of he's going to be leading Scoggos, stuff. Like, cannibals, he, he's whatever. He's a badass. Um, and I think this goes to show it that he's it's very much that they're willing to shove and push and it's these new kids that are willing to kind of push around and I don't think it might necessarily be a good thing. Well, that, that's but I think it, the I fact think... that he's able to build a relationship with people like that is more showing his ambassadorial that's, prowess. That's, that's where I'm getting at with it. Is I think that from the very beginning we're being shown that if there's one Stark that could survive on Skagos, it would be Rickon. yeah, little and, Rickon, and like and and it also seems to point to me because I've been harping on Arya and how I think her trajectory is to devastate King's Landing and ignite the Cache yeah, yeah. of Wildfire. I think Rickon has a dark future as well, um, with coming back from Skagos if Davos manages to retrieve him or not. And I think it's being painted here, where we only so far we've associated him with the Crips, yeah, with this feral, almost dire wolf. Out of all the others, Shaggy Dog yeah. is violent. He's unpredictable, and it's just which is which seems to be a mirror of what Rickon. And is it's feeling. all a big part of the the fact that Rickon's so young, he doesn't know how to do anything but exactly yeah. what Shaggy Dog is doing. But Shaggy Dog's a much more vicious. It's a animal. giant creature that can yeah. rip a man so apart. So that same. Paragraph though, um, Lewin mentions, you know, they're going to be your family soon. Rob is going to marry one of their aunts and Arya, one of their uncles. Good luck with that shit. And Bran just right away, she never will. Nope. Arya, not her. Nope. You're fucking dumb, Lewin. That's yeah. what he says. It was quoted in the book. You dense. You dense. But the fact that even Bran is so. Arya is not going to do that. No. Yeah, no, really, I don't think so. Yeah, um, Bran gets the pick of the Lord's portion of each dish that's brought out, of which there are menti, men, menti, menti. There are menti, menti, menti. Of them. There's venti. Uh, I'm going to get a venti mutton chop. 
there's plenty of these portions. Uh, but after a bit, he gets full, and he usually passes it on to another lord in a gesture of kindness that Lewin had talked to him about, which is, you know, ooh, this is a really nice piece. You you have this, my lord. Did you put which ones he handed out? I didn't. I did I, put that he offered one to sad-looking Lady Dustwood. Yeah, that was uh, Hornwood. Hornwood. God damn Hornwood. it, I always want to call her Lady Dustwood. She was given a piece of fish, as I recall. I think he sent something to uh, Manderley. Lord Too Fat to Sit a Horse. He sent something to the Umbers and the Karstarks. And then I thought it was funny because everything that he sent to all of them, I didn't list them either. Yeah, but yeah. What, whatever he sent was nice, enticing sounding. Then to the phrase, he sent boiled beets and buttered turnips. Yeah. And while, like, there, sure, there's probably people out there that enjoy their buttered turnips and yeah, yeah, others yeah. out it's there not that a love nice their succulent like, roast. It's, or... Yeah, it's not this big, tasty tart or mm-hmm. uh, fucking. Yeah. I also that noted that he sent sweets to Hodor yes. and Old Nan as well for no reason, but he loved them. That I actually wrote that part down. Yeah. Because I think that goes to whether or not the brand's trajectory follows what it did in the show, of where he's this himself. heartless yeah. thing. If it is, then I think Martin's putting these things in there to show he was this decent It's going to be a tragic kind, fall. Yeah, it's it will not be more tragic be, of exactly. the loss of Bran. It won't just be a Or robot. he doesn't. And it's because of uh, this. It's, this is the he tie, maintains yeah. these kinds of. Yeah, ties. no, because like I was like this really took me out of it in the best of ways for a minute, where I pulled back and I was like, "There's just this little like," and every we've gotten comments on it that we always fuck up the age. So I'm gonna say Brad is nine right now. I'm just pretty sure safe. it's older, but. Uh, whatever age he is, he's he's a young kid just sitting there, like in his father's chair, like his father's with chair. his father's wine Lord goblet. Edard Stark with his father's wine goblet, you know, dictating where the best portions of meat go in the Game of Thrones, essentially. But then he sees his favorite simpleton, who carries him everywhere, is just the sweetest, gentlest Current, giant. Honestly, currently has been his best friend. Currently, since his fall. yeah, one of his constant companions and old nan the storyteller the one who inflamed him in him such inspiration and creativity and so yeah he's just like i'm gonna send them the sweet tarts because i love candies yeah because he's having fun with the singers and old nan looks like she's about to fall asleep so yeah and like i think you're right that this is going to be the hinge of either it's a tragedy that we lose bran or this is why we don't lose bran is this very uh, sentences like that but Below were faces Bran had never seen and some he knew. And so again. Jesus. I know. So this, the very next paragraph, like, because fucking Martin with Bran's chapters is just punch after punch. But uh, I wrote half of that paragraph and then the rest of the following one down just because I really enjoyed them because they... They tripped me out. They were just so crazy when it, because it said that he's as he looks down on the benches below, Winterfell men mixed with small folk from the winter town, friends from the nearer of Holdfasts and the escorts of their lordly guests, um, and goes on a little bit more about that. It's a hodgepodge, yeah. And but from there, all of a sudden, it takes this, and it's what leads into him warging like here while he's sitting here but he, well I hold, as a he, as a preference because i know where we're going with this i've experienced this feeling before yeah where i've been at like an adult party with my parents with my mom my dad whatever and like obviously there's some sort of old god magic here but as a kid i can recall 
sort of that where you're getting tired, it's late, you're ready to go, and sort of you're you're half awake, half asleep, kind of listening to the ambient noise of the party around you, and it all takes on this sort of surreal effect, like, and I, and that's just what it made me feel of, is like, this is something I've almost experienced as a child, where like, it you're, you're, it's almost, the scene you're in takes on a dreamlike quality, and for me, it, I recall it most at like Super Bowl parties when I was young, young, young. Like everybody's staying up late to watch the game, but yeah. I'm going into a food coma over on the couch. But still, I can hear people playing cards and cheering at the game, and I'm kind of aware of it, but kind of not. But now, go ahead and read the the, the I quote. Guess so. so yeah, he he watches them from a distance, as if he still sat in the window of his bedchamber. Looking down on the yards below, seeing everything, yet a part of nothing. Now, we talked a lot about comparing him to a gargoyle and watching and Crescent and all that kind of shit, and it just, this ties directly into all that, and what he's going to become with the Three-Eyed Raven, or where we think he's going to be headed, and even here, he's... At this party, he's just sitting above them watching. And I don't think it's. Well, that's it. He's going his, down. He's, I think he's actually hearing what they're all saying. Like, he's actually focusing in and hearing what this conversation yeah, yeah. is. And not necessarily everything in the whole fucking room because he's not, you know, almighty yet. But. Yeah, no, no. I, I Yeah, because he seems to be going down the list of, like, people he's focusing on because next he notices that Osha is down among the floor pouring ale. And a tall heart man, as she goes by, slid his hand up her skirt, and she breaks the flagon over his head to a fucking roar of laughter. Yeah, yeah. And, like, it's just, he's, yeah, he, and he, I notice he keeps kind of checking in on those who have significance to him. Hodor and Old Nan. Yeah. Osha. Micken. Micken. Ro- Roderick. Lewin, because fucking, it's just a, he's already taking on this sort of presence of Watcher, where he's in the Lord's chair. Yeah. But he's almost not there, because he's so small. He's so diminutive in this little seat. But, uh... Lord Wyman was so fat that Roderick had to command that a special chair was built for him, which I just thought was funny. But he laughed loud and often, and Bran thought that he liked him, which is interesting. I agree. The GNC. Mm -hmm. I was thinking, you know, of all the people that he keeps, he's not sure why, but he he thinks he likes him. He seems to be. And that's the beauty of it is like he, you know, you almost picture like this Santa Claus type yeah, figure yeah. with him, but that's what makes me inherently suspicious is it's like he's a little too jo- jovial yeah, in his yeah. laughter, like a little too outcoming with his loyalty to Rob. But Bran suddenly wishes he was anywhere but here. It's hot in here. The wool is making him itch. The wine's making his head spin. Like He's just done with it. It was colder in the godswood, he thinks, and soon the moon would rise and my brother would be singing to it. Yeah, so just like that, and I, damn it, Martin, just, he slipped into it so quick brother, and easy. yeah, shaggy dog. Just went from this, he was describing, you know, the scene, how he doesn't want to be here, he wants to be there, he is there, my brother, like, it just, the way it turned so quickly in the, the text to make you slip into, oh, shit. He's at, and now he's in. I mean, or is that also, do you think that's also a clue where Rickon is yes. right now? And maybe not right, the, right Like, maybe second. Bran doesn't realize it, but Rickon is in there. That's Rickon, too, feeling just as trapped, just as caged, just right, as wanting right. to run as Summer does later. Like, I, I thought it was interesting that he straight up says, my brother will be singing to it. Like, is Rickon already there? Because he's, like, 
I don't. I don't, I don't know. think Rickon's there yet. Well, will be, could be, will be at some point. Has already been in Shaggy Dog oh, absolutely. to an extent that Bran is able to notice. Know that he's there. I don't think Bran is aware of Rickon's subconsciously. There, but like, subconsciously, up on yes. It, yeah. But Roderick notices that Bran, you haven't eaten hardly anything, and Bran He's, notes. Oops! Snap back to reality. Yeah. There goes <laughs> the waking dream had been so vivid that for a moment he forgot where he was, and Bran's kind of like, "Oh fuck!" But like, he's, I'm, I'm so full. Like yeah. they've brought so much food, Roderick. I can't do it anymore. But Roderick tells him that one day, I think Roderick's a little drunk at this point. One day you will make an especially fine lord. And Bran just says, I want to be a knight. He thinks that. Thinks, and takes a sip from his father's goblet, thinking of the last time he had seen the man with it. Yeah, and so he paints a super vivid picture of Game of Thrones. <laughs> his, uh, it was John's first chapter, or second chapter, or something like that. Um, the Robert, big feast. Yeah, Robert's feast, welcoming uh, feast to Winterfell. Summer, where Mance Raider was. Summer still reigned then, which I just love that sentence. But Uncle Benjen had been there, his brothers and sisters too. Arya had made faces while people weren't looking. Sansa had listened raptly to the songs. And Rickon had kept asking why Jon wasn't with them. And now they're all gone. It was as if some cruel god had reached down a giant hand and swept them all away. All the way. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> but he notes now that there were also new men on the benches. All the ones that he mainly had known went with Rob or Father South. He had liked the new men well enough, but he missed his old friends like Jory and uh, Fat Tom. Fat Tom. Yeah. yeah. And all. all but those. they're all dead now. Yeah. But he wonders who will be missing next year and the year after that and begins to want to cry but can't because he is the Lord. He's the only Stark and Winterfell. He's the current Stark and Winterfell, not the only Rickon. And with that, the doors slam open and we go interrupting the episode so we can meet with our small council. Bye! <laughs> What up, and welcome to the Small Council. I'm Nate. I had Dr. Pepper in my mouth. And that's Zach. They know who we are. We haven't changed people since the episode started. Still just us. So we like to have the Small Council where we can give you guys ways to reach us, send out our socials, maybe catch up on some inductees that people are a little late on turning in. Yeah. And so I think this week, since we are... This week, I did twice this episode. This episode... Since we are reading Bran, we had a an old Bran episode have a comment on it where they provided an inductee. Yeah, this and is on so YouTube. This is a YouTube inductee from Amelia, and she says, Since you guys already inducted John and Ned, who are for sure the heroes of this chapter, which is Bran 1 from Game of Thrones, by the way, she'd induct Bran. What a tough little kid he is, watching a man be beheaded at seven without freaking out. I'd be traumatized for life. How wonderful it is not to have to live in the Middle Ages. True Valid. That. Thank you so much for your inductee for that chapter. There's a couple inductees that she's got on other chapters that we're going to intersperse where it makes sense. Yeah! Thanks for all your comments over there. We appreciate it. Keep them coming. Yeah, if you would like to write us in an inductee or just send us your thoughts or feelings, you can reach us many, many ways. I am on Twitter at Carstark92. Nate's on Twitter at Manners Without. That is also the Instagram. You can find us on Instagram at Manners Without. 
what else do we have? Facebook, Facebook. Facebook.com slash Brotherhood Podcast. We have a website, which is brotherhoodwithout.com. Oh, yeah, that. Uh, you can rate our podcast at ratethispodcast.com slash brotherhood. We've got yeah. a Patreon. Patreon.com slash manners without. I know we like to keep those three words kind of jumbled, keep you on your toes. Um, we also have our email, which is where we get a lot of our bulkier uh, inductees and comments and questions, and that's withoutmannersbrotherhood at gmail.com. But, you know, wherever you want, leave us rates and reviews. We appreciate it. It lets people know who uh, might be interested in our show, whether it's a good one or not. And so, you know. Cool. We appreciate it as well. Let's go meet some of the coolest fucking characters ever. Hell yeah. So we'll let you get back to brand three. Thanks <gasps> again for writing into us, Amelia. You gonna uh, again? <clears throat> All right. So the All right, party. let's go. We're gonna hurry. Run in. You see how I just interrupted you with nothing to say at all? That was fun. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, guys. Zach was being rude, and he deserved to be interrupted. Go ahead. We are at this badass meal, and the doors fly open. And being escorted in are the wonderful, You're wonderful piece of trash. <laughs> the Who party are... don't start till the reeds walk in, motherfucker. Uh... God damn it, we get some house fucking reed here, Mira. And motherfucking Jojen comes strutting in through with a gust of cold wind as Alebelly announces them. The Lady Mira of House Reed with her brother Jojen of Greywater Watch. Badass entry. Damn. Who is... Have we ever heard the name Alebelly yet? Is that a newer guy? No, I think he's one of... I think we have heard it, but I think he's one of the newer guys. Okay, cool. So we don't actually know who he is, just that he's Alebelly. Alebelly. All right. Uh, men look up from their cups and kind of eye them suspiciously. Little Walder mutters, mutters, frog eaters, and Roderick stands and welcomes them to the hall. Rickon asks who they are, and Little Walder quickly answers, mud men, thieves, and cravens. Little cow, fuck them. Oh, I hate the phrase. Granted, n- not granted, because it's eh. uh, fuck them. They are very close. The twins uh, are very close to... The oh yeah, you know many of Freya's got like, fucked up. Yeah, by neck. wandering, starting shit. And yeah, so hell so, yeah. So I I really and... like the urgency that this this scene takes on because yeah. the, the reeds walk in and all of a sudden Roderick is sudden so, sort of standing and like welcoming them. Everyone's like, oh shit, reeds! Like what the fuck and are they doing? During here? this, Lewin, Lewin comes in, over. And this to is Bran. so awesome, and he's like, I did, and I never expected them to arrive. You must greet. You must greet them warmly. You know who these two are, yes? And Bran says he does. Cran- Cranick men from the neck. Howland Reed was a great friend to your father, and these two are his, it would seem. And so Lewin's immediately like, yo, this is like your father's besties, kids. Like, we we need to fucking... So now I'm going to kind of jump and pull from ahead for a second, but we'll learn that Ned has written to Howland Reed over the years. Yeah. But he's never visited, they've never appeared, and, you know, rereaders and full spoiler people know, we don't get anything from Howland Reed. It's only rumors and whispers and stories, a lot of which will come directly from these two being introduced now. Oh my god. I loved Lewin's reaction here, where it's just, 
holy shit, holy there's reeds shit. here. There are they. What's happening? Yeah. Something's going on. So we get their physical. The girl, though near Rob's age, was slim as a boy and uh, dressed. In some leather armor, makeshift sort of. Uh, Armed with a net? Yeah. A a knife, a frog spear, and a shield. Yeah. Yo, I want to play Mira Reed in Dungeons & Dragons. Like, she just sounds like this badass character that's doing cool-ass shit. Yeah, dude, she immediately, like, you think of, like, Osha. Like, you're just like, yeah, Yeah. like, this girl can handle herself. And Beside her, her, Jojen, several years younger, wore no weapons. He was dressed all in green, all his leathers, the light armors he was wearing, even uh, his boots, everything dyed green. And he had, as Zach was telling me earlier, because he could fall right into Moss them. green eyes you can just fall right into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God damn it, I love Jojen. Um, so, I mean, if you're a four-year-old reading this book, which I don't know why, you, you could get the association here with the green and the green seer. Jojen is meant to... He plays a sage role to to Bran at this point. He is He's to guide mentor. him yeah. on the next mm-hmm. stage. And so the association with Green is sort of... While we haven't gotten too much mention of Green sight, right. specifically as a term, that's where it's going to start getting brought up here is Jojen and this association of Green sight with the Three-Eyed Raven and the others. And so, God, I just love this intro. But... um They both go and take a knee before the dais, and the girl speaks and says, My lords of Star, my lord father has sent us once again to swear the worlds of fealty for all of our people once again, as they did thousands of years ago. And so they kind of go through it. Well, she so she says this, uh, and Bran thinks she's looking at me. Yeah. For whatever reason, like, she's looking at me. But, yeah, so now this oath, it's, it's not something I've really seen talked about a lot. I think this oath is fucking incredibly important. Yes. More important than I've ever realized. Do you have the whole thing? Oath. Oh, I've got the whole okay, fucking cool. thing. Yeah, so, <laughs> and I think it's important the way it's done. So both of them together say, To Winterfell we pledge the faith of Greywater. Hearth and heart and harvest we yield up to you, my lord. Our swords and spears and arrows are yours to command. Grant mercy to our weak, help to our helpless, and justice to all and we shall never fail you. Then Jojen says, I swear it by earth and water. And then Mira says, I swear it by bronze and iron. And then again together they say, we swear it by ice and fire. I I feel like that's like the oath that the fucking children of the forest and the first men took when yeah. they made their deal. Like, I feel like that has a very magical, so powerful So this is the oath impact. that Howlin' Reed made to Ned Stark. Yeah. This is the the, four, the, the, the pact that was apparently never broken, now, we would guess. And now, Well, yeah, if these two that were now sent. That led them to the Tower of Joy. That yeah. led Ned and Howlin' to end up at the Tower of the Joy with Lyanna. Maybe that's why... Howland Reed was there, was this pact, this sworn by ice and fire, which is, oddly enough, the first time we ever get it mentioned in the series. So I kind but of But most think... people attribute it with Rhaegar. Right. And the, you know, he, I... must, he must have his own song. His song will be the Song of Ice and Fire. I'm but... very curious about the way that each of them kind of took these these sides of that element. Jojen specifically says, I swear it by earth and water. And Mira said, I swear it, by bronze and iron. Yeah. Whereas, obviously, he's not the bronze and iron. Well, he's I... not going to. And so it's like him saying, I will be your green sight 
protector, mentor, and sage. she'll be the sword. I'll be your defender. Body, yeah. I'll be your guardian. And that and also could play into the if this is the pact that was made between the first men and the children. The first men brought bronze exactly. and iron and fire. The children to, would do it, and the children were That's from the north. That's what made me think yeah. this has to be the, that yeah, pact. Yeah, this is the we one that was made in the gods' by eye. ice and fire. Yeah. Like, all of them together. And so, yeah, the the children are the Jojin. Mira is the first men. But the whole thing, you know, the, the faith of Greywater to Winterfell, you know, that can be altered. But that last part, yeah. just so much encompassed. I feel like this is a very powerful oath right here. And we're going to see it again. gropes for words. He doesn't know what to say. Their oath was not one he was familiar with, so he doesn't know how to respond. But he tells them rise and... You know, you may are, your winters be short yeah. and your summers bountiful. When he, he thinks that, like that's the a common go-to thing yeah, yeah. that usually kind of suffices. So yeah, he bids them rise and introduce. I am Brandon Stock, and Mira gets to her feet and helped her brother up, and the boy stared at Bran all the while. So, I picture. From the second they walk in, Jojen's eyes haven't left Bran. Absolutely. And, like, even as he takes a knee, it's still this these mossy green eyes looking up at him. And as Mira goes over to help him up, which is sort of to show us Jojen's fickle and mm-hmm. frailness. Yeah. And, yeah, he's just grilling Bran. And Bran, uh, or the boy says that they have brought him gifts of fish and frog and fowl. And Bran wonders if he's going to have to eat a frog now. But he thanks them and offers them all the meat and meat of Winterfell and so, tries to recall yeah, everything what he knows he can. of the Cranic men yep. who dwelt in the bogs of the Neck and seldom left hey, their Zach. wetlands. Can. You suck. Sorry. They were a poor folk, fishers and frog hunters. They lived in houses of thatch and woven reeds on floating isles hidden deep in their swamps. It was said that they were cowards who fought with poisoned weapons and preferred to hide from foes rather than face them in open battle. And yet, Howlin Reed had been one of Father's staunchest companions during Robert's rebellion before Bran was born. And so Jer- Jojen kind of looks around curiously and asks, Where are the direwolves? I love it. Holy shit. Just immediately, he knows that Bran should have it by his side. Mm. And that it is safe for Bran to have it by its side. And Rickon tells him, They're in the godswood. Shaggy was bad. And Mira says, well, my brother would like to see them. And Bran is thrilled that they actually are interested in actively engaging and wanting to see the the dire wolves. But he's curious about these mud men. None had ever called at Winterfell so long as he could recall. And he would like to talk to them more, but... The feast kind of picks back up. Yeah, and they kind of get separated. So Bran commands some food brought to them, and they seem to like that well enough. And the girl even caught him staring at her and smiled, and he blushed and looked away. So Bran's got a little bit of a crush thing going on Yeah, there. he does. I thought that was adorbs. Are you? What are you looking um, up? I was trying to look for the title, the term for the castles. That, uh, Greywater Watch, that is kind of where they're from, is known for kind of vanishing, disappearing. Yeah. But it's built on these, there's <clears throat> there's a name for it, but there are these floating islands that kind of can be steered around with sticks and shit. And so it's actually all, it's not even magical stuff. It's just real things. And so I it's just wanted to. It's not magical stuff? Are we uh, sure it's, it's not magical stuff? It's plausibly based in fact. Okay. And so That's it better. could potentially be non magical, which is what's fun about Martin's world is 
most things could be explained logically. Not that they actually. Yeah, no, he are, grounds but... it enough in, in like even with Melisandre and saying like, exactly. "Haha, it's all tricks and illusions for the most part." Mostly, but... and so it's, it makes it hard to differentiate. I was just trying to look for that damn yeah, name I of get that, you. but I couldn't figure it. But out. Uh, later came the dancing. The tables are cleared away and pushed back, and the dancing starts, and the singers start, and. Bran watched long enough to be polite, but I didn't really write down so, the couplings. So, there was one or two that I was kind of interested in. The main one was uh, the first one. Lord, too fat to sit her horse, Sir Manderly, scooped up Bethany uh, Roderick's daughter, the little girl. And just he's surprisingly a, graceful. Surprisingly graceful. And so, I just thought that's very interesting that, you know, he's this big, fat, slow... But still likable yeah. and a very elegant guy. And, like, like, you know, he's he's dancing courteous. with a little girl, the little, like, yeah, you know, like, to give her a dance exactly. and make her feel and like a little lady. And then he gets interrupted by, I think it was, like, Joseph, the master of Well, it of said when he was too tired. Like, right. You know, he's, he, he's, he's graceful, but he doesn't got a lot of stamina, this guy. But the other one I noted was that Roderick approached Lady, Lady Hornwood, Hornwood yeah. and she declined him. Which is, I think, just the not wanting to dance. Cause I oh, think... yeah, yeah, because she's fucking and facing impending doom of yeah. everything. Yeah, no shit. And he's the one that... Uh... She came to for help right. and denied her. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But the, uh, <laughs> Bran watched for long enough to be polite and then decides he wants out. So he summons Hodor to come and get him. Hodor, Hodor. And Bran could feel the stairs again as he was loaded into the basket, but he don't give a yeah, fuck. Yeah, but they took the back way. I noticed that, like, they don't give a fuck. He doesn't give a shit. He does. He's, but they still took the back way out so that he didn't have to avoid walking the length of the, the hall, way. yeah. It's like, so, yes, he's over it. Good, like, good on you, man. Like, it's hard to fucking do and overcome that kind of scrutiny. Especially when you're the Lord. But it is still affecting him. He's but still going out of his way it is to still avoid. Right. And as they leave out the rear exit, they come upon Joseph and a woman pushed up against the wall, and they're going at it. And Hodor is Stops the to watch. Mo- like, it's, it's strange that we would harp so hard on how creepy and awkward this is when Baelish does it to Sansa. Yo, I, like, it's this. It's not creepy to me. He's this, this is Hodor being he just curious. Doesn't, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, he doesn't yeah. understand like, what it is. This isn't, like, I mean, it's meant to be. And, that's and what it looks to, to anybody, you know, especially to the girl who freaks out when she realizes Hodor's standing yeah. there watching. Yeah, it looks... Awful. But to me, it's more to highlight Brand's what Brand understands what this is, and like, Brand, right. like Hodor, let's like, come on, let's go. We got to leave them. Like, don't fucking yeah. watch them. Like, Brand has to explain, which is almost funny because he made the comment earlier when Osha was not uh, smashed the flag in over the guy's head for getting handsy. He says. Although he didn't quite get it because Micken was down doing it, and that girl didn't seem to have any yeah, problem yeah, with him. Yeah, Micken had his t- hand yeah. down up some. And so skirt. he didn't quite get the difference there, why it was one way or the other. But this well, he kind of has an idea. What's so beautiful about it is Bran the child is having to explain as an adult, like, don't watch them have right. sex. I don't quite understand why they're having sex or what it does either, but... It'll get I know you thrown enough. out of a window, like, so, so stop. He's he's the Lord here, you know, like he's smarter than Rickon or, or Hodor is, and that's kind of the the position he's thrown in is he's gotta be the Lord yeah. here and make these decisions when he doesn't really understand what himself, he's looking at himself. Exactly. Yeah. So he, so, they, he, they, he goes up after the girl freaks out, and Hodor brings him to his room. And he even says, Hodor, you can go back to the party. Yeah. Don't stop and bother Joseph or that woman anymore. Just go dance for the rest of the night till you're tired. Yeah, Bran undresses and gets into bed. And as he blows out the candle, the darkness covers over him like a soft blanket. Mm. Familiar blanket. Mm. And uh, suddenly, something his father once said came back to him. 
Bran had asked him if the Kingsguard were truly the finest knights in the Seven Kingdoms, and Ned had replied, no longer, but they were once a shining lesson to all the world. And Bran had asked him, was there one who was best of all? Oh, yes, sir Bob. Yes, sir Bob. The sir. finest knight I ever mm. saw was Sir Arthur Dane. They called him the Sword of the Morning, and he fought with a blade called Dawn, forged from a meteor. Or the heart of a comet, is it? Heart of a comet. So, you know, but... He would have killed me, but for Howlin' Reed. And Father had gotten sad then and said no more, and Bran wished he could have asked him. So... Smash my face into the fucking table... My first question, and I don't mean to always do it this way, but do you think it's going to play out like it did in the show? Do you think Howland so that's, stabbed that's him in the back? So that's the, uh, like, I'm a bigger cunt than I realized because that was one of my biggest issues with the show was, like, they took that liberty. Because I was always like, yo, like, that's not how Howland helped Ned. Like, mm. But obviously, because I, I did not recall that little detail right there that, Ned straight Stop. up said like, he would have been killed by Arthur Dane if it wasn't for Howland Reed. I don't know where the fuck that escaped my psyche, but it did. So similar, yes, I do think it will play out. I don't think it's going to be that exact scenario, exactly like but, that, but I think, and I think it's deeper than than just that as right, well right. with this pact that mm-hmm. we just got and Jon Snow stuff and yeah, yeah, yeah. all the, all the and... good stuff but yeah no I, I definitely I think there's more to Woo! it than just like like talk about ah the fucking Sword of the Morning Howlin' Reed and Ned Stark like at this fucking t- like I need it I need it hard lined into my fucking veins like, I've never needed now, anything in my life. What's really interesting is, regardless of how it plays out, whether it's exactly how it is, if it's slightly different, this is Ned, years later, still saying how great of a person and well, that, knight that was, Arthur Dane is. That was another was. of my issues with the show, was that, yeah, they nailed the sword, like, the, the choreography of that sword fight at the Tower of Joy. Outstanding. Holy Have you seen it with I lightsabers? Still, yes. Just as fucking awesome. I still watch it today, and I'm blown <laughs> away by it. So they nailed Arthur Dane as the swordsman, but we don't get the Ashara Dane stuff in the show. Right. We don't get Ned returning Dawn. Right. We don't get the is Ashara Dane Jon Snow's father Where or is, mother how, right. in the in the does, show. Does he send Jon Snow to uh, like Old Town first, and then the, from there to, or to White Harbor yeah. while she while he goes to uh, Dragon? Uh, where the fuck is it? Ashara Dane's home. And there's even some questions of, like, why the fuck was Sir Arthur Dane down there in the first place protecting right, right. protecting the the prince? There's there's some odd questions about it, but, like, fuck me Good sideways. Stuff. Good stuff. If it's not, like, three of the most interesting. And, and, like, that's what's the best thing about Ned is even when, you know, with a Game of Thrones, we get pretty much his life and what, what we need to know about him besides for the big, big secret that's hinging everything which we assume we know at this point and so there's still more though like the tower of joy scene like i need to see that as it happens yeah, like, yeah. not as ned remembers it in fever dreams but like i want to see yeah, brand seeing right, it right. and and get the actual what the fuck was said exactly. between arthur dean and ned stark and howland reed and so bran falls, falls asleep yeah and he was in the godswood 
his brother was close behind him. He could smell the feast and hear yeah, it. So vividly, it's like he never left. So I like how quick the two become one. Yep. Just immediately he goes from my brother, which is Shaggy Dog, the wolf. But at the same time, it very well could be, and I do think at this point, Rickon as well. Yeah. I think that it is all four of them in there. Yeah. Now. He, uh, the feast was making them him restless. He wanted to run and hunt and... Clearly, so did Shaggy Dog, and the rat, some rattling iron sends them both bounding off. And I just wrote the one quote here, which was across the still water at the foot of the old white one, which is what they call the weirwood tree. The old white one, like yeah, the old white one assumes some sort of sentience, some sort of yeah, yeah you yeah. know, like elder almost. So, and it's, I don't know, it's almost strangely. The comparison to how, I don't know, the old white one just makes me think of the leader of the others. Mm. Like this this entity that's, I don't know, that's yeah, creepy the old to white think, one. but yeah, the yeah, old yeah. white one. But they, they run up and the intruders show no fear, even as he bares his teeth and snarls at them. There was a female and a young male. And some part of him whispers, Mira. Mira. <laughs> Mi- Mira. And, uh. Mm. It was some wisp of the sleeping boy who was lost in the wolf dream. And so, yeah, we definitely now are getting the sort of meld that Bran forgets himself a little bit. The boy yeah. lost in the wolf dream. But like, at the same time, but it's is summer to... is kind of more at the forefront here. And so it's, yeah, it's strange seeing who's in control at the moment. But the boy watched them unafraid. And he says, the black one is full of fear and rage. But the gray one is strong, stronger than he knows. Can you feel him, sister? Um, Jojen knows Brandon. That's him saying Brandon Obviously. Is in there. And so uh, he, because we don't know that, well, full spoiler, uh, Mira doesn't have nearly the connection to this kind of power, the green no, side, yeah, the yeah. warging. And she's, so, she's Jojen's defender. And she's so it's, al- it's almost funny that he's asking her that because he knows that she probably doesn't. But he can, and that's just Martin's well, I mean, way of but letting that, us. Like, can maybe you that's feel him, maybe sister? that's what he's saying is that's how powerful Bran is. Yeah, like, like can, can you, you feel him? him in his godswood of his home, like next to his great yeah, old one? Like... Can you feel him here? And I think he's also saying, Rickon, Rick, and then like getting back to your Rickon question, the black one is full of fear and rage. And that describes Rickon pretty yeah. much pretty good. He's afraid because everyone left him, and he's angry because everyone left him. He refuses to let anyone cut his hair since Mother left. Yeah. Like, he's pitching a fit about it, and so is Shaggy Dog. And so, yeah, one, Jojen clearly knows they're there. And then, two, yeah, just the what power is it Bran is radiating. Yeah, like yeah. And uh, Mira tells him to be careful as he begins approaching. But he, he won't hurt me. This is not the day I die. Jojen paste. Jojen paste. So it's I'm pretty sure well known that Jojen has seen his death and knows when he's gonna die. Yeah. So that's what he's refer referencing here, basically, in his very first appearance. Yeah. So he walks towards uh yeah walks towards them and reaches out for Summer's muzzle. Some, yeah. A light touch, and yet at that touch. The wood dissolved, and the ground turned to smoke and swirled away laughing, and he was spinning and falling, falling, falling. So the fuck happened? Why did Jojen touching him 
Now I'm I'm I've been kind of swirling that around in my head as much as the smoke that was beneath his feet. Um, I don't know if it was him kind of severing the the warging, sending Brand to sleep because I know Brand has also been a little upset that he's it's been very restless doing yeah, this yeah. warging constantly. So maybe Jojen was finally kind of severing that, and setting him at ease for a little bit, so that he can get to know the wolf. Yeah, and not not the boy, not the boy at the moment. Um, could be, yeah. But at the same time, I I don't know if it's just because I don't think it's sinister. Not from Joe. No, 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 not at you all. You know, whatever the three eyed raven might be or become or what Brand may become, Jojen's intentions I think are either mi- if they if it does lead to bad stuff for Brand, they're just mis misguided. I misled. project Howland Reed's intentions, which I believe are entirely pure, and he's Ned Stark's bestie till the endy. And I believe he's projected those onto his kids. So I believe that the dedication that they eventually vocalize toward Bran is truthful. I agree that I don't think any unintended consequences that happen are intentional for Jojen. I think Jojen sees Bran as this powerful being that needs to be somewhere for some critical reason. And he wants to do everything he can to help him. And so, yeah, no, I could even see it being, hey, he's given him a, a green dream. He's given him a vision. Yeah, Like, yeah. this is what I've seen to lead me here type of thing. But who knows? But with that, you got an inductee. So I I want to cheat and just induct a house. Mm. Um, I don't think I'm going to do that because that doesn't seem very fair. And so instead, I, because the obvious choices are there. But I don't think that's that's that I just want to go with the obvious choice. Do you have one already? Yeah. I mean, you go with yours your first. Surprisingly, then. and it's it's not I'm not going with the read. I'm giving mine to Bran. Okay. But because of Jojen's line, the gray is strong, stronger than he knows. Like I that was like, oh shit. There is there is like it's to me, Bran is the John Locke of like Locke. like he is special. He is the chosen one. There is something to this kid that is different. Jojen is has power. Jojen can do stuff, but Bran is more powerful. Bran is emanating power. Yeah. So yeah, I just I really like that. So as much as I want to induct every single read that exists, mm-hmm. I'll just give it to Bran because of that line. Okay, then I am going to go a little off course then and not do just house read like I wanted to. And I'm going to induct, again, I think, because we did it recently, one of us, but Lord Manderly uh, (laughs) Wyman, because... Bran likes him like uh, he during all this time it's just good to see that you know with the way that I've I'm a huge shipper of the GNC I Mm. believe a lot of what's going on there is great news and a lot of it I think is orchestrated by him and he's been this pure guy from the start to the Starks and so just to see him being this big jovial guy taking the little girl out for a courtesy dance like yeah yeah, you get some I'm too fat to dance with the young girl that I'd like to marry and be gross with because I'm that kind of a lord, but I'm going to go with him because I think he's showing proper courtesies, and he does have that. Like, we see the the fucking dope-ass oath and pledge that was just given by House Reed. I think that next to them, he's one of the most yeah. staunchest allies for them, so I'm going to give it to him. Word. Lord, too fat to sit a horse. Too fat to sit a horse. So, we did get an injectee from our favorite French fry, Julian. Woo-woo! And this was another flight read. 
And uh, so first things first, you said you've eaten a frog? Yeah. So don't worry, Julian, don't worry about it. Frog isn't the worst thing ever, but we're not just going to assume because you're French that you enjoy or have ever eaten frog. It's I've never had a frog. I've never tried it. It's not that I big would a try deal. it. I'd be like, down to try it. I'm not. We're pretty open minded people, but like, yeah. So don't worry. No judgment there, guy. You're but, fine. Uh, you uh, you said it was a very short chapter. Whose goal you sense was to introduce us to the Reed family. Learning that Howland saved Ned from Arthur Dane. Good stuff for me. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I hope the excitement in my voice was clear. And we get introduced to Jojen and Mira. My inductee is going to be Bran. He's excellent at his lore duties. Doesn't give a shit any longer about the staring. And I feel for him being torn between being the sad kid who has to grow up missing peace and his family and having to face adult responsibilities at such a young age. Valar Frog Harris, Julian. Thanks, Julian. Thank you, sir. Uh, Bran, I am Dr. Bran as well. So for two entirely different reasons, which is, I think, speaks to Martin's writing that, you know, you can get, you can feel sympathy for this kid and be excited about how much power he supposedly has, which is a really interesting dynamic yeah. for this broken Lord, which God damn it, Bran chapters are just so good. Yeah. So those are our thoughts on Bran. What was this? Bran three? Bran three. Two. As always, you can get us your inductees. We gave our socials in the small council. Yeah. Get those to us as soon as possible. We'll be yeah. next reading Catlin two from Cat Clash two. of Kings, uh, the twenty second chapter of Clash of Kings, I believe. Yeah. After that, we'll be doing John three, John then Theon three. two, then so, Tanny, the- I think. And then Danny, I yeah. think you're right, so, Danny, too. Yeah, get us those so. Catelyn, too, and John 3 inductees, and we will catch you guys on the flip-flop. Bella de Harris. Peace. Peace.